Semi Arif joins us in the studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in question. Are there side effects? Or? Just diarrhea. My first guess is... Semi, semi, semi. Lock, lock, who's there, this guy? Lesser known somebody's. Wow, Collins, you have done well for yourself. <laughs> is that a fake fireplace? Is that like just a, a, a wall heater? It works. Well, it, of, well, of course, you don't stay in Orange Grove anymore. <laughs> of course it works. It's a, it, it, I just need to change one of the thingies. I don't know what you call them. Uh, but yeah, it works. Don't worry, you're rich now. You don't need to know what they call them. <laughs> you can just keep them as they are. Wow. Get a poor person to do the research. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Wow. You, have, you are... Hmm. Guys, so... Before uh, <laughs> I might as well start the podcast. Welcome to Africa's Eighth Biz Podcast. Today I have with me a former roommate of mine and a current trumpet scholar, Robbie <laughs> Collins. How are you, Robbie? I'm very well, thank you. We can tell. I mean, you've got a sleeper couch. <laughs> you have a sleeper couch and you have a normal couch. <laughs> yes. When you feel when you want some normality, you could sleep here. I have slept on it many and times. Sit there <laughs> that's wild bro congratulations thank you thank you i don't use it much n- nowadays because i actually haven't watched television in six months who hurt you or tv license problems no. <laughs> i don't I, i'm so off television bro like what? you don't like television bro i just feel like it's the same information every day think of i'm 33 i watch tv long enough to know that everything that's coming on television yeah. is something I've seen. Well, that's, you know, that's what my dad said. <laughs> Can I tell you when <laughs> I told my dad, ah, there's a new season of MasterChef and he's like, I've seen them all. Yes. I was like, how did you see them? He's like, no, once you see one thing, he's like, I'm 70 now. I've seen every action movie. This is very true. I've seen every, like there's nothing that surprises me. If I'm watching a murder movie, I know who the murderer is now. Yes. <laughs> I know. That's the worst part when you, when you get involved in <laughs> writing stuff, like yeah. writing scripts, is when you watch a movie, you don't enjoy it like the normal person anymore. Yeah. Now you're just like, ah, I see what they did. Yeah. So you don't really enjoy the thing. There's very few movies where I forget that yeah. I'm in this world. Yeah, my, like I remember when my granny was alive, <clears throat> she used to watch Murder, She Wrote. Oh, I remember. But that. she became so good at it that like after the music would play in the beginning, she'd be like, that guy over there is the murderer. <laughs> I was like, how did you know? It's like, they always do the pan shot to the murderer in the beginning. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote was, was literally just the story of a white woman <laughs> being in people's business. Because I, I don't even think she was a real detective. No, she wasn't. She was just a forward she was woman. She was nosy. <laughs> she's, she's the type of people that people are upset with today. <laughs> you know? like, she she's, a Karen. she's a Karen. She's a Karen. She's been cancelled. Hard cancelled. <laughs> you and I were speaking about cancel culture earlier on. What, what's your... What's your take on it as Robbie lights up a cigarette? I think cancel culture should be canceled. In the beginning, it felt like we were moving forward. You know, we started this like, like the Bible. In the beginning, I was like, <laughs> okay, what's the word? <laughs> and the word was? <laughs> I think it's become a lazy way to deal with problems mm. where it's easier to just cancel a person and mm. say, look, we don't want to have to deal with you. Yeah. So we're going to put you aside. Mm. And then um, we carry on. But then I'm like, if you, if these things that upset you really mm. meant so much to you, wouldn't you make more of an effort yeah. to try and re- rehabilitate the person? Yeah, and I agree with you. I think, you or know, the situation. My sister Siham, super intelligent, right? Yeah. And Siham said that she she hasn't found like society hasn't come to a point where there's like a mere culpa. What's the way back for these people that have done something wrong? And I think there's certain things that you can do that you can understand cancel culture. So if someone has, for me, and because it's a moral-based thing as well, like if someone has raped, murdered, committed a crime, some irrevocable act, then I'm just like, okay, cool, this person deserves to be canceled. But if someone, like I believe you can unlearn racism. Right. I spoke to Conrad Cock on an earlier podcast about like white privilege and stuff like that. Like you can start noticing those things and changing your behavior. Yes. So like you can't cancel someone necessarily that's like, I call my domestic a maid. Right. Then you're just like, oh, I've canceled this person. They don't yes. understand their privilege. They cancel forever. Yes, this person has no compassion. This yeah. person's evil. He's like, no. like, learn, teach these people. Also, things are changing, bro. I remember when Eminem came out, I was in grade six. Mm. Eminem's first two albums, which were crazy. I still credit yeah. them as the, the things that taught me to swear. Eminem used to say faggot yeah. on like every song. 
Yeah. And we thought it was cool to call each other faggots in yeah. a derogatory way. way and not yeah. to gay people, yeah. but just to friends. Yeah. And that was a cool thing. Any, anything you did yeah. with it, it didn't even have to be homosexual. It was just yeah. faggot. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd laugh about yeah. it. Yo, man, if you recorded break time, yeah. <laughs> you're canceling the whole school. Yeah. So I'm like, th- then you get older and you see where the meaning of it comes from. And also, yeah. apart from the meaning, you see that it's a derogatory word that makes people uh, feel very bad. Yeah. Then you go, okay, cool. I will never use that word yeah. again. It's that simple. Yeah, because those things trigger people. But as soon as you realize and acknowledge that other person's trigger, then you're just like, okay, cool. Then I've made a mistake. And they should allow you room to A, apologize, or B, become a better person. That's true. And, and not knowing yeah. not knowing a thing shouldn't be a reason to cancel a person. Oh, yeah. I think it's fine not to know. Yeah. It's like we, I, have a, I have a cousin who's transgender. Yeah. And he went from Nicholas to Nikki. Yeah. Well, she. That's so weird. I also have a cousin that's uh, uh, they've been on um, testosterone and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so wild because, like, for me, it was an easy adjustment. Right. It was an easy adjustment for other people. It's not an easy adjustment, but that's also because of the backgrounds that you personally have. So, like, I know you as a person are much more open and open-minded compared to other people. You know? Right. And like, that's why you can assess like something that you've done wrong and be like, okay, cool. Let me make right on this thing. Other people don't. And there's another caveat to this thing. Because people would be like, okay, we were, well, beautiful. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> oh, just just wait till I drop. Um, you know, you remember uh, Stuart Goldsmith? Yes, yes. On his podcast, he used the word Osporos. Osporos, what does that uh, no, mean? No, uh, uh, Orosporos. Orosporos. It's a snake that eats itself. Oh, Jesus. But he used it in a sentence. Oh, wow. I thought you were talking about a tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> that's funny. So the thing is, like, you start going like, okay, cool, let me teach this person. But then you also get people in the cancel culture crew who are just like, yo, I don't want to teach you. Go learn it yourself. And like, oh, my man, at least give me the coursework. Right, right. And that's, that's my thing. So, so now I'm like another comedian, female comic. There was a transgender person mm. at a gig. Mm. And then I referred to this person with the wrong pronoun. Mm. And then she got upset with me. Then I was like, yo, just tell me. Yeah, just tell like, me. If you tell me, I promise you I yeah. won't do that again. Because there's yeah. a thing not knowing and then there's knowing and refusing to change. Yes. Then I'm like, okay, have a problem with me. Because yeah. my same cousin, he he was getting bullied in school yeah. back in Durban quite a bit. Like they threw him down a flight of stairs. It was hectic. And, and me being the older cousin, my aunts asked me to come and speak to him. Yeah. And I knew that he was gay. Sure, that's also a problem if you came to my door to speak to give me life advice. I'd be like, <laughs> are we sure we've made the right decision here? Are we 100%? He's technically unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so I speak, I speak to my cousin and I know he's gay. And he, he tells me and I'm like, yeah, I've known and it's cool. But I, my advice to him was because of being in the theater at the time mm. and had just started comedy. I was like, yo, there's a whole world out there for you. Mm. Not as in going to theater, yeah. but like you, <laughs> through theater, I just, that's where I naturally yeah. just got to know, well, yeah. meet more gay people yeah. at the time. Yeah. It's changed now because then you get older and you go, oh, there's yeah. gay people everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's well, that's exactly it. So, so, and that's fine. So, but there are those stereotypes you, you yeah. get to know and then you, then you proven wrong. Then when he, when he, I don't want to say took it to the next level when he <laughs> said he's transgender. Yeah. That was me learn now I was learning. Yeah. Cause now there's so so many phrases that can offend a, a transgender person. So those things that I had to unlearn and all those things. Yeah. But the cool thing is I know we're family, so you'll have more time for, for me. But I think you also have to have time for people if if these are new things. Yeah. These are new things. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like going up to somebody yeah. and saying, hey, today I'm deciding to be, yeah. and you guys need to deal with it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but do you mind giving me a, a day or so? <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed at, at hate. Yeah. Like there's been the whole discussion of hate. Uh, and uh, I, I'm always, I'm intrigued mm. in how a person gets to that level. Of, Give an example. So... Yo, once upon a time, Hitler played with toys. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, once upon a time, Hitler had an imaginary truck or whatever. Yeah. The, and I know there's a whole lot of different uh, stories about why Hitler hated Jews. Yeah. Right? But that level to hate a person where you go, I hate you so much that your life doesn't matter. Yeah. I can hate a person 
you can go fuck. I hate that dude, man. Yeah. And I hope that him and his family are fine. Yeah. But just not be in their world. Yeah. Yeah, but I get the, what you're the, saying. The points yeah. of hate we're going that I hate you so much. I need a I need to get more powerful. And I'm not talking about like politics. I need yeah. to I need to raise up and get more powerful. And so you can so I can make you feel how much I hate you. Yes. That yeah. shit that shit for me. And everybody always the thing is, <clears throat> if you mm. keep thinking of hate in a political way, yeah, then you're not gonna solve it because everything's up here. Yeah. So you go hate. So that's that's Trump. Yeah. Those are hit hit the people, but those people are coming from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. start there. Yeah. So that's I'm in, intrigued to see how people on my level operate. Yeah. So how do you deal with racism? I mean, I'm I know it's a, I'm not saying that you have or but do you have like a process in your mind where you just like if you are dealing with the racists, how are you approaching them? So for example, two years ago when I was in um, Philadelphia doing a gig. Oh God, they're showing off. <laughs> no. God, two years ago when I was in Philadelphia, not the cream cheese, <laughs> the real Philadelphia where they make the cheese steaks. <laughs> I was doing a gig. Okay, tell us about your open spot. Tell us. <laughs> so I'm doing the show with Dan Fregoletto's. Oh so, yeah, so, yeah, I know Dan Fregoletto. And I'm headlining the show and I have to do twenty minutes headlining in Philly. <laughs> wow, you had to correct the open spot comment. Okay, I'm doing. Tw- mm-hmm. I'm doing twenty minutes. Ten, the show's going really well. Ten minutes in, yeah, this lady, uh, she looks like she's maybe between 60, 70 years old, white lady. She's three rows back. Yeah, She's talking to a friend, but really loud. Yeah. So I go, hey, ma'am, do you mind just keeping it down? Because I don't want to go into her because yeah. the show's going well and I'm on a story. So I go, do you mind keeping it down? And she goes, and don't act like you're not in a foreign country. They can remove you. Yes. <laughs> you know? So she goes, like, not even looking at me, like, Still talking to a friend, yeah, and she goes, "I don't have to answer to no nigger." You louder huh? than the whole crowd. Oh, <laughs> you know those. Yeah, you know even white people are upset with another white yeah. person. Come on, <laughs> oh please, Karen, so keep it in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, please, <laughs> so, please. So then I like because you can feel the whole like she sucked the air out the room. Yeah, and then I just said, "Look, yeah, ma'am." Uh, I don't agree with what you have to say. First of all, the whole room is white. There's yeah. only another black guy who's at the back. Yeah, and so, that's Dan Frigletto. <laughs> <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then the, <laughs> I say, look, ma'am, I don't agree with what you have to say, and I don't think a lot of other people agree with what you have to say. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let your opinion mm. of me mess up the show because I still mm. have to do some time. So either remove yourself or just be quiet. Mm. And then the crowd clapped and I carried on. And then after the show, like people came up and they're happy with the show, but they're apologizing. Like people, even in my DMs were saying, yo, sorry, we don't all feel this way. Cause also I'm a foreigner. International DMs, son. <laughs> <laughs> if so I was you, I actually would have said, that word doesn't really affect me. It's if you use the K word. <laughs> yeah. You but know? Here's the thing, right? Yeah. Growing up with the hip hop culture using the N word. Because my grandmother's black. Yeah. A lo- my, lots of my mom's family is black, but more on my dad's side. My mm. dad's mother is black woman. So, so my, I have black relatives and I've been treated ra- uh, like I've had racist comments. Yeah. And I know that people have treated me differently because of my race. Mm. But it's never as low as a black person in South Africa mm. being colored. But overseas, I'm just black. Yeah. And that word, I've never heard that word being used like that. Yeah. And that like, like sometimes I'll slip up and still say With that, the vitriol. With yeah. The, yeah. When you hear the, when you hear the word, because sometimes you and hear people say the word. Down. Yeah. It was just like, yo, you listed. Yeah. Me. And that's the reason why white people are upset the way we say Karen now. They're just like, oh my gosh. I saw How a lady. the fuck you upset with Karen? <laughs> yeah. I actually saw, a, bro, I've got it on me. Um, Jan sent it to me early on. Jan. Uh, very oh, good. Jan. Jan Bornman. Robbie knows Jan very well. You bit him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this white girl said on Twitter, to, she responded to a guy going, I don't appreciate the use of racial slurs that's uncalled for. And this guy said, Karen is a racial slur. And she responded with, um, yeah, it's derogative towards white woman of color. And he said, white woman of color. Are we just making things up now? <laughs> and she's like, we're one of the most marginalized groups of minorities. I have many tweets explaining <laughs> it on my timeline. I won't waste my time educating you. So you see, the vitriol of Karen is that's, getting to them. That's one march I can't get behind. <laughs> yeah. that, that march won't even get police. Not even a car guard's going to be at that march. 
<laughs> that march is fucking horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool. So you definitely have. So that's a way of dealing with it on stage. So I'm actually talking about a way like so that, off stage. Yeah. So now th- that's my thing. So using that same word, there was a guy at La Santa in Melville mm. last year. Hey, Philadelphia to Melville, different things. Eh? <laughs> well, globe tr- globetrotting. Humble, humble, humble. <laughs> <laughs> Humility. <laughs> so this guy, white dude, was with his black friends. Just Only- to pause quickly, economy class both ways. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. Humble. Yes, humble. Very humble. Very humble. Back still yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you thought the sleeper couch was leisure. No, so. no it's therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> so this white dude is with his yeah. black friends and he goes... Um, and he, they're not far apart, mm. but in the crowd, he tries yeah. to get their attention. And he goes, yo, my nigga. Whoa. So now Laz is with me. So we all turn around. We're just like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. And uh, then the black guy, but this is a proper jock black dude. Yeah. Uh, it's like seven gears, he highlights it like with more powers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really a difficult thing to achieve because he already has a six pack. So, yes. <laughs> so I hate when Sim poses a picture with no shirts at Oh God. You just, you just go, oh, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> Do you this. not have any t-shirts, Sim? <laughs> Sim hates Windsor. Like, yeah, he hates it. He's like, what? I have to wear a jersey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a jacket that's see-through? <laughs> yeah. So they can't see my collarbone now. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> that is, these mad fit. So um, this guy says N word, and then uh, we get upset, like, "Yo, what the fuck, man!" Mm. And then uh, his black friend comes to like calm down everything, and his black friend's like, "Yo, I'm cool with it, man." And he's like, "Yo, that's not the problem. Mm. Like, the problem isn't that you cool with it. This word is a word that's offensive, and it's used to bring down people. However, you are that, yeah. that's something you need to correct. Yeah, just because you cool with it doesn't make." Correct. So my so so walking away from that was mm. this white guy who we were like talking to, and you can't even really now there's music, you can't mm. even like try and can't, spend, can't engage you, with them. Yes, also you can't take out from your night in a club to try and change your white boy. You just said mm. the n word, but our reaction to it, and afterwards he came and apologized. Yeah, I was like, yo, that's just not cool. That's a very hurtful word, and gave him like a short version of the history of the word and then um he apologized and he bounced but then at the same time can't just blame that white guy mm. he's also you're getting away with this shit mm. like if you if you're in a space where you can say that word where your black friend is defending you mm. for saying that word and mm. he's not even understanding it yeah. the white dude was more open to understanding the problem yeah. than the black guy was yeah like he didn't realize that yo this yeah. This thing is wrong and it shouldn't be used. So I was just like, yo, he's, you know, you can tell a person or if people feel, a person who is with morals will feel bad for offending a person. Mm. And you rely on them r- registering that shit, taking yeah. some time out and trying to make sure it never happens again. Yeah. You can't, I can't be pissed off and now I want to fight the guy. It's like, mm. no, man, the guy was genuinely shook that he just said a mm. horrible word. Word because in his world he's he's treated fine by it. Yeah, so, no, I agree with you. So he's just like, okay, cool. Hopefully he he realizes that he can't do the thing. Yeah. So now to get away from this very deep discussion that we've had. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Wow. You you make things so intense. <laughs> I want to um I want to try a new feature on the show. You want me to juggle now? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um. So since lockdown started, right? Yes. I joined a lot of uh, community groups on Facebook. Yeah. You know. Because I wanted to see, I wanted to see what people are saying, and by people I actually mean white people. Right. I want to know what what their big problems are. So I want you to act as a person who is on these groups, and you've just seen whatever I'm about to read to you, right? Okay. And I want you to act like you had time to leave a comment. Right. Okay. First one: Is it possible to replace the tarpaulin on a trampoline? Does anyone specialize in it? Photo of a trampoline with a broken trampoline part. Am I white comments? You can be whatever you want to be. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd literally comment on that. Yo, black people are dying. <laughs> Not far off from the first comments. <laughs> Next one. Hi, all. I'm sending you a message to be careful as I just got mugged in Melville on Rustenburg Road close to Bamboo Center on Sunday at around 10, p- at 10 a.m. The guy was dressed in black and black red shorts and sports shoes. 
He looked like he had a security shirt. He passed us, checked my belonging, but checked my belongings, then turned back and got a knife out of his hand. We handed him our valuables. So please be careful when walking in. Oh shit! <laughs> I've been robbed five times. Keep up, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you have been robbed a lot. My God, if there's a person that is addicted to being robbed, it's you. <laughs> you are addicted to being robbed. I don't know what what it is, bro. Gives you a rush, bro. <laughs> Other people do cocaine. You do like, yo, where can I go get robbed? In Cape Town, I got robbed an hour before I had to do show. a one-man show. <laughs> Jesus, that was that was hectic. And then in the show, I do a joke about being robbed. Yeah. And like my girlfriend at the time, she could see because like my voice started shaking. I was still very much in the thing and was too real. I just thought you were being hella rude to me because I saw you the night before, right? And I was like, yo, I'm going to pop through to your show. And you're like, sure, come through. I'll leave some tickets. Then I WhatsApped you going, yo, man, can I come through to get some tickets? And then I was like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> that phone was somewhere on Lion's Head. No, bro, I just know you as a person, you get robbed everywhere you go. Everything, like... You know Robbie's face now is actually not his real face. Like his mother must look at him and go, "This is not my child anymore." Yeah, but this the scar of mine is healing. Yeah, but it looks lacquer like though. It looks like because it looks like you're the colored version of Joker. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, everybody goes like when they they do that famous Joker scene with um uh, the guy that died in the in the latest Batman. Well, I say latest, um, Heath Ledger. Yes, and then he does the. The smiling quote he always does, and, it's, and then like, why so serious? You know, like Robbie actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, you know, the crazy thing is, I don't want to take this deep, but like lockdown's been wild for me. <clears throat> yeah, going through a breakup, and then also, mm. I think, I think things like being robbed and stabbed in the face or shit, things I never dealt with for the longer. I've been doing comedy for twelve years now, and yeah. the longest time I've dealt with painful things on stage. Yeah, and. I always felt like I was fine with things because I'd make humor of it. Mm. And then and then from that you you feel good because other people yeah. relate to it. Laughter makes you feel good, everyone's laughing. And then you go away and then you don't realize that yo, there's shit that that sticks with you. Yeah. And I, like I found during this lockdown I was missing the stage. Then yeah. and then there's a breakup. Yeah. And then and Tell then, me more about the breakup. This is the third time you've mentioned it. Are you okay? No, like now, help? no, now I'm okay. Now I'm okay, but I'm, I'm, it wasn't a nice breakup, but it, it happened. And there's nothing... What there. makes breakups not nice? You know, the hard part is yeah. that you, you fall into a pattern with another mm-hmm. human being. Yeah. And the thing is enjoying yourself yeah. again. Uh, but the other thing is, me as a person, I, I from 2016, I started hitting the stage a lot. Mm. And which was cool, but then like 2018, like I get stabbed in the face, shit starts happening, and I started getting really depressed. Started mm. drinking too much, and I was the the stage was a relief, but I also realized the stage was I was using it not to deal with shit. Mm. So going to the comedy club and performing and having fun, where I'm like, even if it's to four people, mm. where you go, no, I could have been at home reading a book and mm. just doing some shit. And I realized in a lot of performances, I was running away from shit. And that's the hectic thing. And then, and then you drink and it's excessive drinking. And it, and it, there was literally me not wanting to deal with bullshit yeah. that had, had come. And, and the thing with comedy is, okay, so I get stabbed in the face. Two months later, I'm opening for Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. let's forget about stabbing in the face. Yeah. So, so then there's a peak, and yeah, you and forget about dip. all the, the yeah. pain you went through. Oh, and then it's Christmas. Then it's this. Then so and and do that be on stage every fucking night. Mm. But it, now looking back at it, there are so many performances that I shouldn't have been on stage for. Where I I, sh- I shouldn't have even gone out that night, mm. but I went out because I just didn't want to be at home alone. And I think. Now I feel like I'm getting stronger. Like I've started meditating, uh, talking to therapists, like working out. And so lockdown's been a mm. hectic thing, but also a very good thing for me. Yeah, because you've learned to deal with yourself. Deal with myself, but also deal with a lot of problems and learning to just sit still. Mm. That's something that I'm struggling to do. I couldn't, if, if I couldn't get on stage and call up somebody, yo, let's go for drinks. Mm. Well, it's very weird because I had a conversation with our friend Ryan, Ryan Hart, a very good podcast as well. And one of the things that uh, he said, he's like, the thing that I enjoy about Robbie these days is he's much more stoic. Uh, stoic? Stoic is, um, 
like resolute, like uh, someone that you're much more still. Like you know how the way you said, like right. you're not moving around all the time, and you you kind of have principles, and you sit and you follow that. You're very disciplined. Yeah, yeah. and th- you can tell. Yeah, I, I def, dude. In the past two months, it's been hectic where you don't know what to do, and yeah, and then it's just like these distractions. So being out in the comedy club, it's fun, and then you out until three a.m. Yeah, and yeah, there's. I don't think alcohol is a problem. Yeah. I think alcohol in the wrong hands is a problem. problem. Yeah. I've been a very happy drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think I am a happy <laughs> drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But but the problem is drinking to a point where you can only have fun. Can I tell you what your problem actually is? What? Let me work it out for you. You know, when we used to stay together, what time would I go home? I go home early. Remember, we used yes. to go to the same clubs. Yes, yeah? yes. I go home early. You even booked the taxi for me. Me, I'm back there. Latest 12, 12 midnight. Hi. Can I tell you why? Years ago, when I was 17, my father told me something. He's like, boy, you know outside there, between 12 and 3? I was like, yeah? In the day? He's like, no, in the early hours of the morning. I said, yeah? He's like, there's nothing out for you there at that time. <laughs> He's like, there's, there's no one there. There's nothing nice happening. <laughs> I, I hear you. I, no, I agree with you, but I agree with you. Do you see any scars on my face? No, that, that first of all was at half past 10. Oh, jeez. <laughs> at night. <laughs> So, so th- this is my thing. So, yeah. when you when you chasing a thing and chasing mm. and not chasing, running away from a thing, yeah, you know there isn't any good out there. Yeah, but for you to be in that world, yeah, you, so now you need to be intoxicated. Yeah. So after the comedy club, when should be going up? Oh, okay, let me drink. Let, okay, let me have another drink. Don't want to go. Let me. So I am very good friends with a lot of bar staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest story I heard of you recently is that Andicho story you did on your Instagram live. Oh yes. Where you got beaten up by a guy. I didn't get beaten <laughs> you up. You got beaten up by a guy. Okay. It was, you can defend yourself. It was after a I fair g- fight for the first three <laughs> rounds. <laughs> and then and then you're just like, yeah, me and the guy were friends now. And then yeah, I'm very adamant on this thing is that. This guy, you like you say, oh, his name is Lebo. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you call him Mr. Lebo. <laughs> that guy sees you on television. You know, if you, when he sees an Instagram sponsored post like Savannah, Instagram sponsored like, oh, tonight Robbie Collins, he takes a screenshot and he sends it to a WhatsApp group because I fucked this guy up. <laughs> I fucked this guy up, and people go like, you fucked Robbie Collins up. He's like, oh, you know him? Yeah, I fucked him up in an Andicho over a margarita. <laughs> so, but so this is my thing. So like, I, I haven't had any alcohol, and yeah. I only touch alcohol again when i feel like i'm strong enough okay. in the sense that in the sense where i am not running away from it so mm. now i'm enjoying it because mm. i have enjoyed alcohol yeah in that but i think in the last two years end of 2018 and 2019 definitely yeah where it was used to escape a lot of pain that i wasn't dealing with yeah and and i think I think having a party and, and being out late with your loved ones and friends it's fine, yeah. that you know is fine. <clears throat> so I, I you invited ro- me to a party on uh, New Year's with you and your ex. Yes, yes. And it was actually, the, I remember when I, when I was driving back, because um, I, I left it to go see woman. <laughs> and um, if there's one thing you guys must know about me, I'll leave. I'll leave anything huh? for for woman. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. You, I'll smoke bomb out of that place. You never, you never smell me. You see, I'm the opposite. I'll leave a woman hanging if I'm out having fun. That's how I used to be. Yeah. I don't think I now I wouldn't do that. So I just remember I was just like I was like, look, this guy is having a dope party at his house. This is a dope thing. I was yes. like, it's not out of the place. It's not at a Great Dane. It's not at a. It's not at a kitchen. It's at a. This guy is grown. He is mature now. And he provided party snacks. Which <laughs> but you, yes, I get you. And there was a change starting to mm. change. But then, so put it this way. I was meant to be like in LA. So at the beginning of lockdown, I started <sighs> drinking hard. I was meant yeah. to be in LA doing a big festival. Like yeah. the lockdown slowed me down, bro. I wouldn't have slowed down. I promise you. Because like I'm saying, the, yeah. you don't. What do big you, festival were you going to do? Netflix showing off, <laughs> showing off. So the, the, oh, that big Netflix concert. Yeah. yeah, you know Ryan and I were gonna go for that thing, bro. That thing looked dope. Yeah. yeah, that thing was fire, bro. So, so I wouldn't have slowed down if yeah. it wasn't for lockdown. In the sense that things were getting better, but then with success, you don't have time to stop and look at yourself and yeah. go, "Where am I at? Who are my friends? Who are people that I actually want to be around?" Because yeah. now I'm just you just know a bunch of people, and knowing yeah. a bunch of people can get bl- the lines get, get blurred. Blurry. With, yeah. Oh, this is my friend or an acquaintance. Yeah. 
where I am I'm comfortable enough to go to any club by myself and mm. I'll have fun. Which is cool, but then you also go, nah, that's yeah. actually not cool. Yeah, you want to spend it with with people that you know. Yeah, so so that's been a big thing. And I think it's just been, my mom always says that, she, she always says, because um, I started praying a lot, then she's like, you know, getting on your knees and praying isn't really, the difference, you see, here's the thing, the difference between prayer, prayer doesn't change the mind of God, it changes you. So many people like go through shit and then all of a sudden they start praying and they're in church every Sunday they, or wherever, or mosque. Then you go, yo, yeah. the thing isn't, the idea, the, the mind of your God, whoever it is, hasn't changed. Mm. You're changing. But then mm. at the same time, your prayers, you almost pray the wrong things because you you only start getting really religious when, it's seri- when shit happens and mm. it becomes serious. Mm. So my mom knew thing. And the thing I've been doing now is in meditating every morning and night is just sitting still. Just sitting still. And what do you think about when you sit still? So it's just like one of my prayers is like to be, to make me wise enough to see the signs God is showing me. Because if you have, if you believe in these things, then Mm. God already has your life planned out. Mm. So, so you just need to be woke to mm. what he wants for you mm. or what she wants for you. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to get canceled well, on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's the part of the, where you get canceled. <laughs> I was like, we're canceling him because he called God is she. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that's, so that's a big thing for me. It's just being able to sit still and, and just like, now I can sit without going. I don't have to be on social media for, mm. that's not the first thing I do when I wake up yeah. or the last thing I do before I sleep. And I feel it's the first time since I, I think I was 20 that I feel this clear-headed. Wow, so stoic. Like generally, like, I, and there's still so much more work to do, but I genuinely feel like I have some answers to this shit. So is it nice touring the world doing comedy, Robbie Collins? Shame. You, you try to make this thing very funny, jealous. <laughs> funny podcast. And oh, no. Like, I can tell you right now, the last 13 episodes, not one that's funny. Oh, maybe that's the Stuart Goldsmith podcast is hilarious because he's from out of town and, you know, we're bantering. We ripped off Bob one way, Bob Perfect, for, oh, like, Bob. A, for like 20 minutes. But like, as when I spoke to Conrad Cock, Conrad is a funny person. Sure. Conrad worked out a lot of issues on my podcast. I love talking to Conrad because Conrad goes, Conrad goes deep. Like, I've always found myself going very deep with Conrad um, about anything. Oh, we get it. You got friends, bro. It's also nice. It's also nice. Like, if you feel bad about yourself, just go talk to Conrad. And he, he, I promise you, Conrad will always feel worse than anybody else because yeah. he's white. Yeah. <laughs> Conrad feels bad because you are feeling bad. You know, because I, I told him on the podcast, I was like, yo, man, I'm looking for, uh, tell me how to, what's the process of getting like some form of international representation? How can I get overseas and do gigs, right? And Conrad said, don't worry, I'm going to help you. Bro, I haven't checked the WhatsApp messages. 17. Jesus. He's, he's taken my problem and he's made it his. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm going to solve this thing for you. Those people are very important in life. <laughs> I just know I can't be that person. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to, like, I'm not saying don't contact me for problems, but I think I got a list of people that I'll pull up with if they had a problem. Like, if you, like if you WhatsApp me, be like, yo, I've got this thing, I'll be like, on my way, or I'm going to sort it out. But if you are some guy of the street, or we've met a few times, like, yo, yeah, this, this your own library. I I don't give a fuck about blue ticking people. Eh? Respect, and I don't. And it's not, yo man. We be cool because sometimes people, and then I'll it will pop up on my phone, and and then the next messages because I have ignored yeah. them for like I don't know how long. Yo, we cool. Then I'm like, we cool, bro. But right now, I just don't want to address. I don't want to talk right I now. I don't want to talk, and and I think that's fair. I think I think also we too we too out there like people just feel like they can just talk to you at any given time and i i said i was telling my sister i was like i hate that i'm accessible and i think that's the reason why i hated i like i dislike twitter a lot now i and, haven't been and, on that shit since 2017 and a substantial amount of like instagram because i don't just because you follow me doesn't make you accessible to me doesn't mean you must talk to me right because i mean like if you look in like a small microcosm a macrocosm, maybe like um, Ian Wright got like a tweet from a from a kid who's like he's got calling him like all these racial slurs, 
you know, and he's like a he's a Premier League winner, a winning striker with a very big head. Yeah, <laughs> he's, <got a laughs> he's very big head. Big but I'm just like you. You can't have access to this guy and just swear him. Yes, like that doesn't just because you follow a person or you know that they exist on a platform does not mean you have access to me. Yeah, that's that's the problem, man. Everyone ha- deserves an opinion, but not everybody's opinion deserves to be heard. Yeah, and the and people. You see, during lockdown, I had the late night show, and then I realized at one point I was going, I wasn't being, ha- I wasn't feeling happy with the show, yeah. and it almost felt like I was treating it like I was doing the stage. Stage, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is just now become a replacement yeah. of uh, okay, I don't have the yeah. stage, so I have to be. Uh, Same thing that I do with the podcast. That's why I stopped for such a long time for lockdown, bro. I don't think I did one episode, right? And then only recently I've just been like. I'm going to do this thing how I want to do it. So yeah. I was just like, I'm not going to get new guests. If I want to go speak to Robbie three, four, five, six times in a row, I'm going to pull up over here and start enjoying myself again. Right. And uh, totally. And I, uh, that's why you build relationships. Like imagine if you hung out with everyone, you know, equally to, uh-huh. to make sure that you, that you hang out. Like mm. uh, what's his name? Um, Will Ferrell, his wife yeah. said that Will Ferrell doesn't want to wear out any of your shoes. Yeah. So you'll have he'll have them in rotation. So even if he's wearing a tracksuit pants, if the next pair of shoes are smart shoes, you'll wear smart <laughs> shoes because he doesn't want to fuck up the sole. So like that's how he dresses it like. Oh wow. <laughs> so like, Which is like the total opposite for me because like I'll wear the same like bro these these black um, huarache from Nike. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought myself three pairs. Uh, look at these. Yeah, your vans are worn out. But I've always known you to wear vans. Do you still have the sponsorship? Uh, no. Mm, they pulled out at the wrong time. Huh? No, I, <laughs> You're going to Philadelphia now, guys. Come on. Vans. So, so these uh, these white ones, I have another pair that's like mm. new, but these ones are like my foot is molded into this shit. Yeah, it's ripped even. It's ripped. But I clean. I, How do you I, keep I, them so white? I send them to the dude up the road. Farhan put me on. Uh, oh. Another Farhan Esad, another comedian. Yeah, Farhan. Farhan, this guy's really dope. So, like, yeah. you'll clean like three pairs of shoes. Farhan is the only comedian I don't like wearing nice shoes in front of because yeah. he'll tell you the year they were made, how they made, and you'll spot a fake shoe from a mile away. You know how expensive Yeezys are. I'm not going to go spend like 10 grand on a Yeezy. I'm going to buy the one for 1,500 rand. You can't even tell the, the, the difference, but you'll be like, oh, the stitching over there, it's fake. I always forgive Farhan when he says things out of turn because he's from Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh, wow. Just be nice to the man. So it's, it's man, I, like I don't want to sound like that person who just knows all the answers and stuff, but I think I'm excited and feel like generally peaceful at heart is because I feel like I'm being Robbie. Mm. The weird thing is when I was doing, like now, I'll still work hard at comedy when we go back, mm. but the intention is different. Mm. I'm not running away mm. from a thing anymore. That's how I feel. Now, now I actually feel like I have more to say. Yeah. Even though I haven't written one joke while I've been on lockdown. Like Bro, I, have, I haven't, neither have, I think what people don't realize and like, you survival so, mode, baby. Yeah, you survival <laughs> mode. But I also, I think people actually don't know how to mastermind a career. So in my head, I know that I was just like, okay, cool. I had like, for a long time, I didn't like doing club comedy anymore. For a long time, I was just like, oh, fuck, this thing is so lazy and hard for me. Like, I was also one of those comedians that I worry about everything else but the comedy. Like, oh, the microphone sounds shit. The sound is shit. Right. There's not enough audience. And like, that stuff would put me in a grumpy, grumpy mood. And like, I'm already known for being a grumpy person. Mm. So I remember when I just took a break from it and I took a break for a while, like a year and a bit. And I was just like, oh my man, either fall back in love with this thing or just move on. Huh? And then I started doing, I got booked for a one man show. And I just said, yeah, I hadn't been on stage in a while. Let me go do that thing. And I enjoyed it. And then I started doing a bit more one mans and less of clubs. And the only reason why I enjoyed it, and I'm not saying that club comedy is inferior to stage to like a one man. I'm just saying that I didn't or wasn't in love with it for a long time. And the thing that I started to realize when I was doing one man shows is that, ah, my man, we're starting to find this thing fun again. So like you've taken this lockdown period and you're like, yo, I no longer want to do this thing this way. My intention is different when I go back and do this thing. Yes. And you, and also like, I mean, grateful is that you have the ability to always be funny, no matter pandemic or out of pandemic. Right, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> totally, and that thing of, see, what you did is also very brave. Dave Chappelle has that quote where he says, the hardest thing is to be true to yourself when everybody's watching. 
where like Dave walking away from 50 million yeah was seen as just by the way guys um, Robbie calls Dave Chappelle Dave because that's literally the name he saved him on his phone (laughs) I mean the most important person I have on my cell phone right now are saved as Ice Mom and Ice Dad (laughs) and the Ice stands for in case of emergency (laughs) I always just thought it was I was just being frosty with my parents (laughs) But uh, Ice Dave is on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'll be wild though if he was your emergency contact, eh? Because you'd never answer. That'd be fucking dope, bro. <laughs> like how confusing it is, Dave, on his farm and he gets a call from Helen Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Mister Collins here. Yeah. His emergency contact. <laughs> He's in Ward Five. Yeah, and I'm in America. <laughs> I just imagine Dave going, wish him well. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> The thing with lockdown, and like I was saying, yeah, I was forced to stop. And at the be- in the beginning, it was horrible because then I was also thinking, "Oh fuck, I'm losing out of money." There's think big things I'm meant to be doing, but it was needed. But I don't know if I'd been strong enough to walk away. And this is the problem I have with social media. I'm no no longer on Twitter. I haven't been on since yeah. 2017. Yeah, I just tag you every once in a while to say happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't got it in the last four years, it doesn't mean I didn't wish you. <laughs> so now, like, something like the late night show I had, I mm. thought it, it was fun, and then I thought I'm doing this shit because I'm still trying to be relevant in the lockdown. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, there's a fuck That's thing. so true, Collins, because like, can I tell you something that I noticed, but I didn't know if I wanted to tell you stuff. That first week or two when you were doing it, it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then it hit, like, this weird dip. Mm. And it almost felt like you were going through the motions of going like, I'm just doing this thing now because people expect me to do this thing. Right. I yeah. almost felt like I was doing it more for people than myself. And then I was, I was doing it for ego in the sense that I don't want to be forgotten and I want to be seen as somebody who's, who's... Doing something. Who's also who's going through the lockdown strong. Like, yo, bro, I'm not fucking strong. I'm feeling broken inside. Yeah. Let me go fucking deal with my yeah. shit. Then entertain people that I don't even know. Yeah. So... So that was the cool thing. I think it's um, like with everything that's just been happening. I think the world needs it, and it's like mm. it's, it's almost like it's pressure, and then eventually some shit's got explode, and and a lot of shit has exploded, and it's it's just weird. Like just thinking about a bunch of things, we just we, we like a, a how do I put it? For example. I was thinking about, I was having this conversation with my mom. And if you don't know, my mother used to be a nun before she got married. Mm. in Two years in Cape Town. So she's very religious. But through her religion, she's also started taking on other things from different religions. Yeah. uh, To make you stronger. So when when I'm like in this healing process and trying to pick up new habits, Mm. I've been speaking to a lot of things like where I read up and I go, oh, that seems interesting. And I'll say, but I don't want to also feel like I'm going against my beliefs. And like, no, that's Mm. fine. That has nothing to do with it. You you know what I mean? Like not necessarily borrowing in, in a, uh, in a commercial sense, Mm. but borrowing things to make you stronger. Mm. But you're also learning and learning. And, and, and at the same time, it's also respecting a thing. If I see something in Islam or Judaism, that's going to help me. That is a good thing. Yeah. And it's acknowledging that religion. You don't have to change yeah. everything. The only one I'd say, watch out for the Hare Krishnas. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Hare Krishnas don't eat salt. Oh, bro, I'm, just like, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm a Muslim and I don't eat pork, right? But, yeah. yo, if you took salt away from me, son. You're fucking up a lot of dishes. <laughs> have you ever had chicken that's saltless? <laughs> aye, 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 aye. It's, it's also, it's a lot easier to... Uh, join the Hare Krishnas. You just need a tambourine <laughs> and shave your head. I mean, like it's very cheap. <laughs> it's very, very cheap. <laughs> the cheapest religion out there. So, <laughs> and try and find yourself an orange outfit. You know, you say that, right? And I, <laughs> I, I always out of say, all the colors, orange. <laughs> I always say that the thing that always kills me out of like the, when they talk about religions and which one is easy and which one is difficult because people think Islam is difficult, right? Right. Islam is actually pretty simple. The one that always gets me, because it's always shrouded in mystery, is Judaism. Bro, yes. you have to do a test to become a Jew. Is it? I'm failing. Jesus. <laughs> no, not Jesus. They don't like him. <laughs> they don't like him. I'm definitely failing that shit. I did great 10 twice. I've the test. <laughs> and like the test is not like a, it's not like a, a half year course or like a three week course type of thing. It's long, bro. I, you know, it's weird. I was having this conversation with Tatsin Konto and I was just saying how with the racism shit, 
how crazy it is that this has nothing to do with Jews. How crazy it is that white people, like that Karen thing, uh, yeah. uh, saying it's a racial slur. White people calling white woman Karens is still a nice thing. Very nice. So you know what I'm saying. So yeah. even if you think about stereotypes, yeah. So uh, so the stereotypes of colored people, they they're gonna stab you. They got yeah. no teeth. They da 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 da. Black people can't swim. You know, yeah. they, all the all races of color have negative stereotypes. stereotypes. White people can't dance. Yeah. My man, you can still <laughs> succeed nice in life. You, yeah. you don't need rhythm to get a home loan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like white people that is not a, our stereotypes affect us in the yeah. workplace. Yeah. These stereotypes are fine. So even you Muslim people got the got the stereotype in certain places yeah. terrorists. And yeah. then you go, yo, Muslim people aren't terrorists. A couple of bad people who happen to, to be, be Muslim, Muslim yeah. are terrorists. Yeah. Meantime, the Christian Christianity is the official sponsor of the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> like, how the fuck are we just skipping this thing? <laughs> You're going past it. Wow. I like doing this thing, and that's what I miss. Mm. We're just going to going on stage and having two thoughts, yeah, and just finding everything in front of the audience. That for me is the most exciting shit. It's like it's nice when you got a polished set yeah. and you just come in and you knock it out. Oh, I'd, but I'd I hadn't seen you because I hadn't done club comedy in a while. I hadn't seen you in ages and I went to go watch your one man that's now on Showmax. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was one of the funniest sets I'd watched in such a long time. I had so much fun that night. I remember I, I left after 35 minutes because woman. But <laughs> <laughs> you must know I'm constant. <laughs> I'm consistent. I'm not fucking you after my show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At best, you're going to buy a couple of rounds of drinks. But nah, come on. There's cuddles waiting for me somewhere. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, it was such a complete, lovely set i enjoyed everything i remember sitting at the back i remember because I, I, I watched the show now and i can hear myself laughing because i'm just like that was such a good gag you, thank you but that show was very personal even the name Iyeza, the yeah. whole name comes it, it's closer for healing and medicine yeah. and that's where i was feeling oh shit i just thought it was the name of a taxi ran to be honest <laughs> yes yeah, so i need to unlearn that's when i did the trip to robin island mm. the the political prisoner was doing the tour he po- spotted me out and then he, we spoke afterwards and he told me the word yeza and how mm. that was the fun time that prisoners had and they called like yeah. when we call it call it guaring yeah they called it uh. yeza. so i was like that's it but the problem was and now going back to where i am now those hectic things I speak about on stage, mm. like getting stabbed and all these heavy things, those are things I was telling the audience before I was telling a therapist. Mm. So I'm like, yeah. I was chasing, I was healing through laughter, but laughter works until the, the yeah. claps end. Yeah. And then you got to deal with this. Yeah, there's no conclusion to your thing. No conclusion at all, bro. Yeah. So now I'm actually dealing with shit. Yeah. So, so now like, I'm interested to see, to see what kind of act I'm going to be. And going back to that, like comics will come up to me and they'll go... Man, that's so dope. I wish yeah. I could do that thing. Then then I go, and, and even the way they speak about other comics, like Gola will come in and then they go, damn, yeah. I want to be like Lloyd. Then I was like, in my head, you're not going to be like Lloyd. Yeah. You're not going to be like Chappelle. You're not going to be like a bunch of people. Yeah. Reason being, you watching them, yeah. you don't realize that Dave and them are reading yeah, they read a bunch of different shit. They're yeah. not watching comedy. Yeah, like yeah. you, if you, your only thing you're doing is watching stand up, yeah. and then you come home and watch speci- stand up specials. Yeah, you you don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, you're not expanding your mind. Your yeah. mind is you stuck, and you're just trying to do what you're seeing. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right on that one, and I think that where a lot of the I say younger guys, but a lot of comedians, if you want to take a the step to the next level, is reading a lot, of course, but don't like when I watch Lawyer, when I watch you, I don't go like, oh, I wish I could do a joke like that. I go like, that person's so unique. Like, you can't copy Robbie. It's impossible no. to copy you. It's impossible to copy Loy, right? Yes. So I always, I always base a comedian not on the not on the laughter he gets. I base him on the uniqueness he has, right? Because you'll find so many people that are the same, same, and they can get massive laughs, bro. Our comedy system is full with people like this, and it's not impossible. But I'm saying, like, if you look at someone, you go, that guy's unique. Right. That's what I look for, personally. Yeah, man. And I get the, the new acts where there's a lot of imitation in the beginning. I understand that. But then I also... Yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah we were there. Everybody imitated mm. what they thought they knew comedy to be at the time. But then you can see ones who are literally not moving anyway. Yeah. And and you can feel it on stage because it's... it's it, it, 
it just feels like they're working towards the punchline. That's yeah. it. And if you if your goal in on being on stage is the punchline, yeah, you're not going to be memorable. Yeah, because oh, you're right, hundred percent. The punchline needs to land in what you're saying. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent. You need right. a, you need to stump. The punchline needs to feel like you're stumbling upon this yeah. while I'm touching on yeah. things that are close to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, uh, so you're it's, right. It's all these things where I'm just like, so many people. I'm just like, you don't even understand the thing you're doing yet. Yeah. You're just doing it. You're going through the motions. And it's, and it, put it this way. If you, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, they don't practice a bicycle kick. Yeah. They practice normal passing and doing that and, and just enjoying yeah. the thing. But they're always there. So I, the way I see the stage is like a soccer field. If I'm always in the on the field, yeah. my body will automatically know how to position itself. Yeah. So that's how my comedy will be. Yeah. So I will know how to take the subject that I just thought of today and make it funny because I can feel when the crowd needs this. Mm. The crowd is, the crowd is your director. Mm. We're not like a theater play that has a director. The crowd is telling you, if you want us to keep listening, you need to hit us with something. Yeah? Mm. So, the, so the punchlines need to be used in order to carry on talking. Mm. Not the other way around. Now people people talk to get to the punchline. Yeah, and then you you hear the punchline and you're like, "What the, the fuck, fuck am I yeah. doing?" Here? <laughs> <laughs> I blame a lot of comedians for me drinking. <laughs> uh, yes, Mister Labor, you know who you are. <laughs> um, we come to my favorite part of the show, where um, I mean, you've already done it, but I guess I'll, I always have to say it. It's uh, you get to ask me any question. Whatever's on your mind on any topic. You, just, you sound like a, a fucking depressed girlfriend. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> Have you experienced a lot of those? <laughs> no, this is the way you, you, oh, sorry. you questioned. You, you I, was also, I was also lying down on your sleeper couch. Yes, just and I was, just like, I was just like, oh, sorry. I know. So because how do I make you feel, Rob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate my therapist so much. Bro, I, like, I had to change therapists so many times because I kept on, I was like, I was in an abusive relationship. I kept on going back to the same one after an alternative one didn't work. Yes. Like there's a girl, this is how desperate I was for a therapist at one stage. I was like, there's a girl called the pink shrink. Now, gimmicks should only happen in music. Jack Barrow, <laughs> the unfoot should never happen with your mental health. <laughs> like, you right. know, like, but I went to pink shrink once and left. I went back to my normal guy, but that guy just, I think he does it on purpose to irritate me. He's like, he will, I'll be, he'll be like, how does Simi feel today? Then I tell him, he's like, is that Simi the comedian or Simi? Oh, Jesus. Oh, bro, it's not that deep. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. I was like, it's like, comedian Simi is the same guy 24 hours. It's like, is it? Hmm. And how does that make you feel? Fine. Hmm. Is everybody laughing all the time? No, my dog. <laughs> 97% of this thing is failure. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you think I wake up every morning, every gag lands. <clears throat> the audience is not my mother. <laughs> yes. Totally. I- Okay. Yes. So, what what kind of question? Oh, it can be anything, bro. It can be. It can. You've you've been deep. This whole thing it can be deep. It can be funny. It can be ambivalent. It can be irreverent. Sorry, I've been too deep on this shit. Oh no, bro. Uh, like, can I tell you one thing? Yes. I've I've enjoyed this podcast so much that I'm willing to do a podcast with you at least once a month <laughs> just That's to dope. find out how you are <laughs> because I've enjoyed it. I think I think you know what it is. I think it's very important. When you get this persona of I must be a comedian, and I've had long conversations with Trevor about this, about his depression. and Trevor the, Manuel or? Okay, <laughs> Trevor, no, just and, checking. And just the thing of where, and I think a lot of comics, like the big ones who don't have social media, is because they're so out there that they need to have something to themselves. So we get caught up in this trap of every time you see me, you hear me on radio or whatever, I need to be funny. Yeah. And the funny thing, you go, fuck, man, not every, I'm not this person. Yeah. I am a funny person, but mm. I'm not, not all of you all deserve this. Yeah, this, yeah. It's a different thing when you buy a ticket and, you're, and I'm on stage. So it's this, this thing of just going, no, but this is where I'm at right now. So let me be here. Yeah. You know, I used to make fun of him all the time. Riyad Musa has his cousin, right? His name is Nazir. Yes, I've met him once. Nazir is Bonafide crazy, and I'll <laughs> say that on a podcast easily. Like, you, like I've got too many stories. Like Forrest Gump crazy or <laughs> Maverick crazy? Oh, like, Maverick like crazy. The things you say, he says, you go like, this person is crazy, and then like years go by, and you're like, oh, this person is he's ahead of his time. <laughs> so years ago, at Jimmy Killer Prawns, he once said, "How do you switch it off?" 
and I was hosting the show and Riyadh dropped him off to do like a five minutes or something like that. And I said, say that again. He's like, how do you switch it off? I was like, well, switch what off, my dog? He's like, how do you switch the comedy off? And I was like, I don't switch this thing off. Years went by. Years went by. I had gone through relationship after relationship and then I realized what he meant. When are you not this thing on stage? Right. And he made sense. Because I'm just like, when I'm chilling with you now, I've had a great hour conversation with you, right? I don't care if there are laughs or not. Yes. I didn't like, I was like, oh, why is Robbie not being funny? I was like, no, because I understand Robbie. I know Robbie as a person. I know how funny Robbie is. He, the Robbie I'm actually getting now is better than the click, click, here's a joke. Click, click, here's another joke, you know? And I understood what he meant by switching it off. When are you just normal? Yes. What's your normal? What is this? This thing that you are now is your normal. Your normal, your normal should be, should be happy with your normal. Because mm. the stage, the should, stage should be you unleashing yeah. all the things that, the, the stage should be you unleashing your normal at a different height. Yeah. Different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fuck. Da, 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 da. Level. Must I start not, guessing? Not level, not level. It was a dope word. I was going to be very proud of this word. Ouroboros. <laughs> yes, Ouroboros. <laughs> you you should be you, but you should you should be a heightened version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. You and it was a condensed version as well, because you're only on the you're only on stage for a certain amount of time. Right. And and also at the same time, if you if you're really confident and know your shit who you are off stage, you'll be proud of what mm. you do on, on stage. stage. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's why I I don't need I don't need to go and check tweets about how people mm. feel about my comedy. Mm. You I, know they've mm. told me when I was up there. Yeah, yeah, the laughter tells you. And I think I was I don't know who I was speaking to about it because I, I don't know, it could have been a newspaper or a radio station. They asked like what I do before a show, uh, especially if it's a one man. And I said it's the easiest thing for me because you must understand there's so many hours in a day. On stage, I may be there for an hour and a half. Right. So I don't build up this energy going, oh, I'm going to be on stage tonight. I'm going to be on stage tonight. I live my day like a normal, normal day. I remember when I was doing um, theater on the square and I was just like, there's a PlayStation backstage. Right. <laughs> and then I went for dinner one day and I told the theater manager, I was like, yo, call me when the opening act is on so I can pay for the bill and come down. I went to go eat. I still told the person like, hey, I'm, a good, I'm performing right over here. So if I have to rush, just keep the bill, I'll pay afterwards. They're like, yeah, cool. I walked, I left, um, what's that the lovely Muslim place that sells steaks there? Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. But I basically walked from there. I walked to the backstage of the theater and I just heard, please welcome to the stage, Simi Arifa. I walked on and I spoke an hour and a half and then I literally left and said, guys, I have to go pay a bill. Because my yeah. day has involved many things. This is one of them. Yes. And then like you leave and like, I think when if, if you, that's how normal comedy is for me at least. Right. Like it's not a, it's a thing I love to do, but it's a thing in my day that I do. It's part of me. I hear you. Now back to my favorite part of the show. Um, you get to ask me any question about anything at any time, any place. Yeah. I'm trying to, I wanted to, wanted it to be a deep question. Okay. But that's not going to be the question. Oh, you know, you can ask. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you more than one question if you want. I, I, I mean, if you want a deep one and a trivial one. What is the thing? Yeah. For me, I, music, I'm very big into music, especially a lot of yeah. jazz. That feels like my biggest inspirational downtime. Mm. What is your, when thinking comedy, right? Mm. Apart from writing the joke or mm. thinking up the joke, what yeah. is that thing that you use to, I won't even use, it's not an inspiration, but what is mm. that thing that, that you use to make you feel good, really? About yourself yeah. and the work you're doing. Yeah, woodwork. Woodwork. That, that's what I do. Yeah. I, I've, I used to do it when I was in Durban. Like a lot, like on the weekends. Like I'd learn with my dad and stuff. And then of course I moved to Joburg so I, and I didn't have like a workbench and stuff like that. And then I did this campaign recently uh, for Ryobi and they sent me all these tools and stuff and I got to do some stuff during the lockdown. And I just realized how much I enjoy it because it's so therapeutic and you're building something with your hands and it's a process. So like it's similar to comedy where you build a joke. Right. It's a process. 
and you have to make sure this, uh, the things are done right, the, the bolts are in the correct place, the screws are in the correct place, the measurements are done correctly. And I think that, I mean, I made like a simple workbench. It took me about three or four days to make and like five, six hours in a day. And I think that was so calming that it made, it, the only feeling I've ever had like that is when I've been on stage and the zone is correct. Right. And I think for me, I love it. Like woodwork for me is like working out a formula, like taking a Rubik's cube, mixing it up and trying to get the colors back together and solve it. Damn. Yeah. I, I loved it. I love it. I still love it. That's, that's how I feel about the trumpet right now. Yeah. I, I hear your trumpet. You're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning a few. The hardest part is blowing, but I, I see jazz music, like mm. how comedy is where there's a basic melody and mm -hmm. then the solos, like you get a trumpet solo, drum solo, that's the riffing yeah. almost. Like you find your way back to the joke, but I like that idea of just going with it. Yeah. Like if you, I've been, I watched a 10 part uh, documentary on get the a history life. of jazz. Get a life. <laughs> get a life. <laughs> I'm joking. Dude, like Miles Davis and John Coltrane who are phenomenal. Yeah. Like those guys literally went into the studio mm. and they, all these classic albums and they just said, yo, follow my lead. You know what you need to learn as a basic though for your trumpet? What? We need you at the sport days, bro. We need you hitting us with that. You know what I want to do with this trumpet? I want to be able to find out all oh, these jazz at a place tonight. Rock up with my trumpet and just look at the, 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 the bass. Like, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> jam. No, bro, I think you. When I saw you picking up the trumpet, I was like, "This guy's gonna destroy this thing. This thing is gonna be so cool." Plus, I started to think about you know how like other comedians bring like guitars on stage. Yeah, yo, do you know how funny just the <laughs> the physical taking out of the trumpet <laughs> on stage? You just like, hey guys, I've been practicing during lockdown. Other guys were writing jokes. I was writing music, and now you take it up and you assemble it. And then I just think about there's nothing because you can't speak while you play it. Yes. Right? <laughs> so it's just you playing music at the end. But only a trumpet could sound horrible. <laughs> yeah, but a trumpet, that's the thing. It like, sound horrible. Some days I'll wake up and play, and from the beginning it will just be dope. And then some days I have to literally warm up. So like, I, yeah. like some days the first few blows mm. just nothing's coming out but the you, way you want it to come out. But I, I find that exciting, man. But also you, you do suffer with it because you've got a damaged face, bro. So like <laughs> you don't, the, the suction cap. This does the not hinder my shit, bro. <laughs> I'm sure it does. I just, I always wanted to ask you, and I thought it was a bit insensitive, but I think I'll just ask him now. Yes. When you got stabbed in the face. Yes. And the person's, I'm assuming they stabbed you a few times, but they then they connected in, once. In my hand and in my face. Okay, cool. As soon as you got stabbed, did you think, dope 30 minutes coming up? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I stabbed in the face. Oh. I was literally, I just started bleeding. Oh. When I got ran back to Kitchener's yeah. and Lars saw my face, oh. his reaction yeah. let me know. And then it was like. Oh, Lars' reaction other than, yo, Rob, your faces. Lars <laughs> <laughs> was literally, oh, fuck. Because also the car yeah. guard saw me first oh. and they went to call Lars. <laughs> and they were just like, what the fuck? So when you scare car guards, yeah, yo, they've that's seen shit. <laughs> they've you know, seen like, shit. Okay, something's on my face. So, um, Robbie, this yeah. was a great interview. Oh, sorry, we, we no, you can continue, up. bro. I mean, if you want to, you know, I've been worried about this whole lockdown. What, Pam Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> From backstage, <laughs> Pam, Pam Andrews actually acted with her in Rhythm City. <laughs> Pam, Pam why are you worried about Pam? I don't know why. I just the ladies been on my mind, and not even like a romantic uh. way. Just I'm just like, where's Pam? I hope she's got a mask. Oh, <laughs> Pam Andrews, wow. Pam, she's awesome. She like I did scenes with her on Rhythm City, and she wouldn't say anything. She she actually would have a child on set with her. <laughs> Pam Andrews Wow I've gotten, What a throwback I've gotten to this point Where I actually don't care Who I speak about Like, <laughs> like somebody asked me Somebody asked A couple weeks ago They asked me Did you see what AK said about Casper I know both of them I'm like I don't give a fuck About what AK said <laughs> The world is going through The craziest shit Why do we give a fuck, fuck About what, what AK feels About Casper 
This is the worst question. How do you what? What do you think is gonna happen? Okay, again, Casper. Yo, bro. I don't know. I, I might have Corona. I'm People are dying around us, and we are worried about how AK feels about Casper. It's true. I, I'll agree with you. I got this thing where, like, I'm not scared of losing a gig, my man. If I can make fun of a comedian and they get touched, and they say like, "Yo, you can't come to the gig anymore," I'm safe. Huh? But this is my thing. Also about, <laughs> like, as you do this joke about maps, Mopanyani. Being yeah. on everything. So yeah. in years, I literally bring up maps the whole show. And I just throw him in different scenarios. And then uh, somebody said, yo, uh, what if uh, maps? Yes, well, I was like, I'm saying that maps is on a lot of things on TV. <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he's insulted by me saying he works a lot, right. then he needs to check himself because <laughs> he's ungrateful. <laughs> and like... <laughs> If Ege had to ask me, yo, what did you say? I'm like, yo, bro, I think that you spend too much time. You and Casper spend too much time discussing each, each other. other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're both very successful. I don't know why those guys, if they want to shut shit down and become like international, they'd combine their powers and drop an album. True story. Dude, they would be so big that America and Europe wouldn't be able to ignore them. Yeah. They're already so big in Africa. Bro, you're right. So I'm just like, I've, I'm trying to help you see the light. It's true, bro. I've, I've always known you as a person that has said people's names and gags. I mean, Nolene. Oh, I'm scared of that woman. Oh, you still, no, I'm not scared what? of her. Yeah, you're not scared of her. But Lothring <laughs> told me that she found out about the joke. Then I saw her. I, I saw her in Rosebank. Yeah. And, then I was, and she was walking. And then I thought she saw me. But she had just seen Krispy Kremes. So I, can't <laughs> I, just, I ran the other way. There, you guys got your 10 laughs. <laughs>, no, but laughs. You salty, salty listeners. I've had a great time with you. Thank you. Thank you, Sami. Uh, Say what you want. <laughs> uh, would you like me to play you out with some music? Yes, yes. Come play your trumpet. I'm Come play your trumpet. <laughs> He's been dying to play this trouble. He's smiling on his face. <laughs> Knows he wants to ruin something good. Wow. Oh, that's horrible. I can't hear. You can hear. You so can't hear in your headphones. So, no, I can't blow properly. <laughs> wow. No, don't be. Um, guys, am I on? I'm not on yet. You are, bro. I can hear you. Okay. Um, yeah, guys, that was my trumpet playing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's horrible. You guys can check me at the orbits when uh, when they open again. <laughs> yes, on the sixth of September, I'll be at the orbit. I'm selling tickets to checkers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what your problem is? It's not sounding nice. What's yeah. my problem? I told you earlier on. It's the the after the cut. I never sound like this. You like, know what? I'm gonna come record with you next week as well, <laughs> and by then maybe you've learned four more notes. Okay, cool. That works. Sorry, guys, about that. Uh, but the uh, orbit six of September. You <laughs> six of September. We can actually just cut this part out the show. This no, doesn't have to be. No, we'll keep it. No, we we'll definitely keep it. I will be playing. I will be playing probably by next month. Okay, shops. All right. Semi RF joins us in studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in question. Are there side effects or just diarrhea? My first guess is. Semi, semi, semi. Knock, knock, who's there? This guy. Lesser known somebodies. Somebody's.